Hey, welcome to Church Alive. We hope this message is something fresh, real, and powerful for your life. Thanks for tuning in. Enjoy the message. Would you stand to your feet for a moment? How you doing? Are you doing good? Great to see you, even if I haven't seen you, but great to see you. And uh, those of you joining, perhaps with a podcast or a video, man, God bless you. Um, I want to read a passage of Scripture. Actually, I need to talk to you about something real quick before I do that. So hopefully you're not standing too long. But can you handle it? I think you can. You know, the first 300 years of church history, there were no chairs. We're just going to go back to that. Get rid of the chairs. Just kidding. Just kidding. We like our air conditioning, don't we? We like our heating in the wintertime. Hey, real quick, just want to describe to you what the Believe and Build Foundation is. What it does is it, it, we target it to three things. Uh, number one, we provide resources for a larger church building and to expansion of Church Alive. We lease this building. We have two and a half years left on this facility. I believe by the end of this two and a half years, we will have completely outgrown this place. And um, so we're just believing God together. Amen. Amen. And then secondly, provide resources for needed facility like improvements and all kinds of stuff. And then 5 to 7% of all giving through the Believe and Build Foundation actually goes to organizations that Church Alive is called to support and resource. Through the last number of years, we've given away three churches in India. We'll continue to partner with organizations that our church is called to. And it's because of the generosity of our church. So can we give that a hand? You are sitting in a building today because of this three years ago. And man, so I just want to say, hey, get ready. Um, and, and I just want to invite you to pray about it. And if you're new today, I want to invite you. You don't need to pray about it. First time here, man, kick the tires, so to speak. Check out church. Love you to go to Thrive. I think you'll really understand what our church does and is. And um, then, but next weekend, someone say next weekend. Next weekend on June the 9th, our whole church will come together for really a special moment of generosity, a special moment of giving. And uh, would you quickly just take out this little quick puzzle piece? You guys pick this up. And um, there's a reason that you got one piece of the puzzle, not all the pieces of the puzzle. How many know that you don't know anything once you get one piece? But once you put all the pieces together, all of a sudden it can be this beautiful canvas of uh, uh, a thousand piece puzzle. I mean, you get one little piece, you don't know anything. But it's all of our gifts and all of our talents coming together that actually accomplish something beautiful for God. Do you believe that? But here's what I'm asking you to do for next weekend. Just pray about what's your piece of the puzzle? What's your piece? What would God nudge you to do? And uh, if all of us do that, I believe we can do something very significant. I do want to quickly encourage you. Man, we got a generous church. And so from, our, uh, from Miriam and I personally, we always take it on board to pray about this. Our leaders have done that. We had an awesome dinner on Thursday night, the Believe and Build Banquet. It was terrible weather. It was raining cats, dogs, monkeys, and chickens, all kinds of stuff. And uh, so some people couldn't make it. I get a text message here and there. Sorry, Pastor, I was going to come and couldn't come. We had a, though we had 150 people. We had an amazing night. But on that night, um, we had a moment of worship, like we're going to do this Sunday, next Sunday in church. And our generous leaders in our church committed $242,000 to the expansion of this church. Come on, can you give that a huge hand? By the way, that's significant. Some of you, some of you like, didn't buy a Big Mac, right? That's, wait, that's almost a quarter million dollars. So come on, one more time. Can we give that a hand? 
So that's awesome, and that's huge, and that just shows the generosity of our church, the unity of our church. Um, I believe in the next two and a half years, we'll probably need to raise one to two million dollars, though. So I, I want to say, hey, buckle your seats. We need all of us to say, what's my piece of the puzzle? And I've always found if I'll do that bit, God, what's my piece? He'll stretch me in my season, or whatever season that is. It could be 17 and praying, what's my piece of the puzzle? And you go, terrible little part-time job. And literally like 75 bucks would be so significant for you, but it'll be the first time you did something significant and God will do something in your faith. Others of you, um, it might be, God may speak to you a thousand dollars or 5,000 or whatever it might be. But I just ask you to pray about it. Does that make sense? Okay. I'm going to read a passage of scripture and then 2 Samuel chapter 23. I'm going to skip a few verses from the first and second service. You're going to have to read that on your own. 2 Samuel chapter 23, verse 11. Next to him was Shema. Someone say Shema. Come on, say Shema. I think we all need a t-shirt called Shema. Sounds like an action figure. Sounds like a cartoon guy. I want to kind of open my vest one day. And so Shema. Anyway, some of you get it. Some of you don't. Let's keep moving, people. Next to him was Shema, son of Agi. The Haratite or Haraite. When the Philistines banded together at a place where there was a field full of what? Lentils. And Israel's troops fled from them. Some say, oh no. But, 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 how many know Shema had a great but? But Shema. That was very inappropriate. Erase that from your memory, from every YouTube and podcast. Erase it. But Shema. Some of you are just starting to wake up. Coffee one didn't work, but Shema did. But Shema took his stand in the middle of the field and he defended it and struck the Philistines down. Watch this now. And the Lord brought about. A great victory. Someone say a great victory. Father, I pray for your people right now, your sons, your daughters. Father, I thank you for every man, every woman, every family represented, every generational line, every young person that would be in our kids' program right now, every baby from the youngest to the oldest. Father, I know your hand is upon this house and I prophesy that that hand will continue to increase and grow and build people and stir faith. And I believe, Lord God, that you will do miracles in this place. Oh, Father, I see. I see a church alive. I see a church rising. I see men and women being empowered. I see, Lord God, people catching visions for their lives. I see people getting passionate on the inside. God, their faith just coming alive. I see hearts on fire for you. I see a generation, God, being drawn to Jesus Christ. And I thank you for it. Come on, a faithful church said. Come on, give the Lord a hand. Amen. Thank you, worship team. We appreciate you guys. Appreciate the hats. Don't we have some good hats from time to time on the worship team? Come on, say Shema. The story 
obviously is the people of God are under pressure. The people of God are literally being surrounded by the Philistines. The Philistines, every time you hear the word Philistine in the Bible, think big, think bad, think ugly. They were big, bad and ugly. Goliath was the ugliest of them all. But the generations go on and David raises up these incredible champions. And if you, as you read 2 Chronicles chapter 24, it talks of the men who basically copied David because of his faith, his commitment and his warrior spirit. They were actually broke, destitute. They were rejects from Saul's kingdom. Get this now, but they got around a man of faith. They got around a man of vision. They got around the right place. And all of a sudden, literally Saul's rejected kind of men get around David and start becoming champions. That says you are who you hang around with. Might want to think about that one. You are who you hang around with. But I found this, that God doesn't move without us. Shema literally stands in a lentil field. Everyone else is running. Everyone's scared. Everyone's afraid. Everyone's like, it's just a lentil field. I mean, who even likes lentil soup? Some of you do. Maybe you have a special ingredient I haven't heard about. I'll tell you a funny story about lentils. I was five years old. Mum gave me lentil soup and I was sitting there and eating it in Canberra, Australia, the capital city of Australia. It's pretty actually a little bit cold place. And I'm eating my lentil soup and my five-year-old little buddy says to me, that looks like poo soup. And I said, it's lentil soup. He said, it's poo soup. I said, it's lentil soup. It's poo soup. And then my five-year-old self started to get a little paranoid. Oh, it's not poo soup. It's lentil soup. And I went home to my mom and told mom, don't ever give me lentil soup again. I don't want people thinking I'm eating poo. But what's interesting is Shema says, this little poo patch is worth fighting for. This little lentil soup bit of land. Why was it worth fighting for? Because it was God's territory. It was part of the nation of Israel. And something rose up on the inside of Shema. And he says, everyone else is running. But if I run too, then the domino effect of me running will actually give everyone else a victim spirit. But hear me now, but this man stood in a place that was getting attacked and he says, this is my calling, this is my destiny. And what's amazing about the Bible is the Bible records who runs away, but they record Shema. And I wonder today, in our third service today, is there any Shema's in this place? Is there any people? Come on, is there any people? Is there any people? Is there anyone that says, no, not on my watch, devil? Is there any people that says, I'll stand for what God has called me to stand for? Is there any people that say, this is my calling, this is my destiny, and I will fulfill it? Because the truth of the matter is that sometimes that is difficult. The truth of the matter is sometimes it's easy, but sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it might feel like you're not sure. Is this little bit of lentil land that I'm standing on, is it even worth the fight? But maybe later Shema got to build a nice house on there, got to get a wife from there, got to have kids from there. And his place began to be known as lentil land. Why do I say that? Why? Because the victories that you win today are often the victories that your family gets to win, the victories that your generations get to win, the victories of our church today. Hear me now. 
become the victories for years to come. Because if some people will stand by faith and say, you can't scare me off from my purpose. God has a plan, has a purpose for your life. And how many of you know that you need to hear that a lot? I love what Katiana and Chris were saying. They're like, man, if, if we didn't just keep saying God has a plan for you. And I felt like... Katiana and Chris, God gave me actually kind of a unique burden for that couple. I would think about them a lot, pray about them a lot. And I felt like I was fighting a battle literally for them. They were unusually, it was literally like, I don't know if I've almost had a couple in our church who was on my mind as much as them, but I found that God gave me that burden for them. But now they're flourishing and now they're growing and now their marriage is in a great place. Is that good? Ezekiel chapter 22 verse 30 says this, And I sought for a man among them who should build up the wall and stand. Someone say stand. And stand in the breach before me in the land that I should not destroy it. But a sad scripture, he says this, but I found none. That means God actually is looking for people to use. That means God is looking for people to flow through. Guess what? He's looking at you. You're like, Pastor Anthony, he's not looking at me. He doesn't know my past. God knows everything about your past. He knows more about your past than you know about your past. But here's the amazing thing in the love of God, the mercy of God. You know what? He knows your past, but he's also forgotten your past. Because he forgets your mistakes. The Bible says, as far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove my transgressions from me. Hear me now. The victories of the future are determined by what we do now. The victories of the future are determined by what we do now. The victories of your family. How many believe you need a better world? And wouldn't it be nicer to have a friendlier world? Wouldn't it be nicer to have a more generous world, more forgiving world? Guess what? The good news is you're the answer. The bad news is you're the answer. How many think you should go to a friendly church? I got an assignment for you. Make it friendly. How many think you should go to an encouraging church, a life-giving church, right? Or would you rather go to a morgue, right? But it's up to you and me to make it a life-giving, passionate, united, praying, step out in faith, relevant, creative house. Are you with me, church? The victories of the future will be the faith steps of today. The victories of the future will be the faith steps of today. You know, sometimes it can get tiring running the fight of faith. Sometimes it can almost feel like, oh, let me just give in. But you know what's worse than just being a little tired in the Christian life? Do you know what's worse than kind of feeling like you're battling along and reading my Bible and praying and coming to church and battling on and battling on? I'm giving God, I'm not seeing breakthrough and and so forth. You know what's worse than that? Running from your purpose, running out of the land like uh, the rest of the Israelites did because you end up taking on a victim spirit. You end up taking on a spirit that says, God, it's too hard. But Shema stands and says, God is for me. How many know that Shema's thinking was completely different from those who ran out of that land? What he thought up here was completely different than what they thought. This is why your thinking is essential to you living a successful, victorious, faith-filled, loving, positive life, right? Your thinking, the Bible says a man thinks in his heart, so is he. 
And Shema says, God is for me. And Shema says that if I can fight this battle, I can win. And so I want to encourage you. You might have grown up in the most negative kind of environment. Man, everything was like, I can't, we can't and so forth. You need to start saying, I can. You need to start saying, we can. You need to start talking for some of you about the marriage that's going to be amazing. You need to start talking about, man, I'm an idea person. I get ideas. You might be the most, the most least diligent person, almost on the edge of getting fired and talk about you're diligent. I'm trying to help someone today. Can our third service receive it? Come on, can you receive it? How many think the third service should be the most encouraging service? Starting to get it, starting to get it. How many think it should be the loudest? How many think it even should have a little edge of crazy on it? A little edge. Not, again, not too much. Not too much. Because all of a sudden, someone's like, going, ah. I'm like, hey, okay. I get it, you know. <laughs> the word of the Lord for our church this year is dominate. And what that really means is we allow God's kingdom to have dominion over our lives. And wherever we go, we influence. And what was interesting about this text of Scripture is that the Bible says that the people, the Philistines are running into a land and, sh- and they're trying to dominate it. Don't think that just because you have a calling, you have a purpose, that you will automatically fulfill it. I remember one unique day that God, I, I, I did a, a bit of a praying and fasting and, and God opened my eyes spiritually. I was reading a, a, the Bible and I was reading another book. God opened my eyes to this spirit that literally had been attacking my life for about six weeks. I had a call. I was called by God to preach. I'm about 22 years old. And there was all these bombarding temptations to run away and do whatever the heck the flesh wanted to produce to do in me. What was interesting is the Lord warned me before. I had an opportunity to go and speak in front of the biggest crowd I'd ever spoken from in college. A friend of mine who ran this kind of college youth ministry was like, man, I want you to come and speak. I speak that Saturday night. I promise you the very next day that devil showed up. Hear me know, that devil showed up. And for six weeks, there were these thoughts of just temptation and bombardment. The Philistines were coming. But God opened my eyes and showed me this isn't normal. This isn't even you. This is a spiritual attack that's trying to rob you of your calling, rob you of your destiny, rob you of your future. Are you with me? Shema says, not on my watch, devil. But I don't just want to motivate you and kind of give you a bit of rah-rah and yay, we can do it. I need to practically teach a little bit today. Is that okay? Even if it's not, it will be. Let me give you this one verse and then I'll start to. Hebrews eleven thirty three says this, who through faith conquered kingdoms. But can I say that sometimes we talk big in church world, like we want to conquer a kingdom, we want to conquer a city. But guess what? It actually takes just time to say, let me conquer my little patch. Let me conquer my little world. Let me conquer and influence my calling. Let me say in my sphere of influence or what God's called me to do, let me conquer and say yes to Jesus on that. 
Haven't you found that every time you step out in faith, it encourages someone else to step out in faith? When you stand for something, someone else comes alongside you. Fernando's a great guy, a discipleship pastor. And when he stands for something, other people come alongside him and other people come alongside him. Man, so encouraged by someone like Larry and just seen so much growth over the last year and so. And other people will encourage, be encouraged by your story, by your progress, by your life. I could say the same thing and many, many other people. People, when you stand, other people get their manhood back. Other people get their faith back. Other people get their womanhood back. In Jesus' name. Oh. Shema, stand. Someone say stand. Come on, say Stand. I want to teach just for a moment on really standing on God's principles when it comes to faith, but hitting in the area of money, career, and generosity. I need to hit in that. And so I want to give kind of a weird illustration, but I think because there's three points in one section and three points in another, and I was like, God, how do I bring this to it? So here's the illustration. If you know anything about working out, you'll know it. And even if you don't and hate it, um, you'll still know. Actually, if you went and had any education, you'll be with me. Now, how many are a little more encouraged? Like, yes, that's me. Okay, how many know that really, when someone stands, they have, they have three major muscle groups in the legs. You have your quadriceps, you have your hamstrings, you have your calf muscles, yeah. right? But if I just stood on one leg, how many know someone can push me over? Yes. Right, Tommy, come up here real quick, quick, run. Tommy, you, come here, come here, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come up here, man, come up here. We got a little sweat towel going on, man, what's going on? I'm not sure what that, okay, okay. All right, so, okay, so stand on one leg for a second, Tommy. Okay, Tommy has calf muscles, quadriceps, hamstrings, okay, and when he stands like this, how many know I can kind of push him over pretty easy? Now stand on the other leg, Tommy, and let's, no, 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 other leg, not yet, no, I, I get it, but okay, just give me a, yeah, your balance ain't that good, man, we need to work on that, okay? But again, he's working his quadriceps, hamstrings, and his calf muscles, right? And, and how many know that I can kind of push him over pretty easily? What I wanted you to see is that Shammah stands in the field and he then gets ready to fight and he's thinking very different than everyone else, but his thinking affects how he stands. Someone say, my thinking affects how I stand. Now stand like this, Tommy. Stand like this, right? Now push against me so I can't push you over. Right, that's right, baby. Right, he's got some, right, it's harder now. Okay, okay. Uh, Give my man Tommy a hand, okay? (laughs) so let me teach for a moment just on Shema and him standing but in the realm faith must have practical outworkings in your life James the book of James says show me your faith by what you show me by your faith by what you what by what you do so what I believe must affect how I live Make sense? So let's talk about making money and so forth. Let's talk about number one. You are created to produce. I believe for the rest of your life, good quadriceps, hamstrings, calf muscles will be this. This is your left leg. Someone say my left leg. 
This is wise management. You're not an owner, you're a manager. You manage the resource of God. How many know that? You manage what you manage. Now, I, I think your quadricep is this. You are created to produce. Someone say that with me. I'm created, I'm created. To, produce. to produce. And the reason I say that is that sometimes people have a envious mentality towards people who are doing better than them. Like, like if someone's doing better than them, it's like they stole from you. They didn't. They just worked hard in their area and people look at life like it's one cheesecake. Like there's only certain slices and if you get a little bigger cheesecake than me, then that's not fair. I remember when I was young, we would measure our cheesecakes or our, how many did that with your siblings? You got more, you got more, you fight each other, you got a tiny bit more. No, there's more cheesecakes. In the world, there's lots of cheesecakes and guess what? You can even make cheesecakes. How many know that there isn't a certain number of beans in the world? You actually just sow bean seeds and you get more beans. There isn't this limited resource in the world. Like, don't believe the lie that the, 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 the world's going to be so full of people one day that all of a sudden there'll be no resource. No, just sow more seed. Right? You're created to produce. This, this came up to me yesterday. I was getting a haircut from a barber and we're chatting about stuff. And for some reason, the barber, I've been going, same barber for the last, I don't know, seven years or so. And uh, they went from 20 bucks for a haircut to then like, hey man, it's 27 now. I was like, whoa, yeah. It's kind of a bigger jump, right? You're like, why, why didn't you go like two years ago, you could have went 23 and then you could have went 27. That's just what I would have done business. Anyway, they just said, you know what, stop it. We're jumping up to 27. <laughs> So anyway, we're chatting and talking about it and so forth. And he's like, yeah, I had a couple of clients tell me, oh, get all mad at me, text me, so for $27. And one of the, a couple of them were like, I can't afford $27. Um, and, and he's a generous guy, honestly, one of the most compassionate dudes. You know, one of those people who help anyone, anytime. So literally, he cuts the dude's hair and he pays the extra $7 for them. Like, he's just that kind of guy. He's a great guy. Anyway, but we began to talk about the fact that People think like this, I can't afford it instead of how can I make it? I can't afford it versus how many of you think like if you're really with a little bit of creativity, you could make another $7 per month. Any of you in the place just going to think, yeah, if I put a little bit of a little bit of creativity, $7, yeah, I think I could make that next month. Some of you know, no, you're stuck where you are. Okay, good. All right. That's why I'm teaching like this, right? Isn't it funny that limited thinking limits you, yeah. right? So if you think the world has a cheesecake size and, and someone has a big portion, then you only have a tiny portion. No, you're created to produce cheesecakes. Yeah. Yes. Whatever your cheesecake is, you're created to produce them. Does that make sense? Yeah. So someone say, change my mind. Change my mind. mind. You are created to produce. That's Genesis chapter one. God blessed them and said, be fruitful, be multiplied. Go produce, yeah. right? Where are you going, man? Why are you taking my slide off? There you go. Okay, you are number two. This is the hamstring. You're gifted uniquely. You're gifted uniquely. How many of you are good at singing? Just put up your hand quickly. Some of you put up your hand, you're not, okay? But, and the person next to you like, you're not, don't worry. 
How many of you are gifted administratively? You're good at details and project management and all that kind of stuff. I'm not. Others are. How many of you are good at like management and, and yeah, good at manager, actually for an excellent manager. How many are good at like vision? You can see it or more creative type of person. Maybe musical. Tommy can write lyrics and poetry and all kinds of stuff. You are gifted uniquely. And here's the thing. Generally speaking, if you work your gift, your gift produces for you. Now, if I am not gifted administratively and I get an administrative job, how many know I might be able to do it out of diligence, but I actually hate my life? That's the way it works. It really is. If you hate your job, now don't just go quit. I'm going to go quit my job and find my gifting. That's a fantasy. Some of you are like, I want to just make a difference in the world. You will. Pay your bills. <laughs> amen. 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 I'm preaching better than you're shouting. Let me tell you. You're gifted uniquely, but watch this now. Diligence in this. Think right. Act right. Diligence, like get up in the morning. Dave Ramsey, I love this. He says, if you'll just read the book of Proverbs over and over again, you'll have a master's degree in finance. Diligence in this produces blessing. I used to think that rich people were lucky. They're just lucky. They're lucky. Occasionally you'll meet one who's lucky. Let me just set you free. Can I set you free? Yes. Can, some of you already know this. Some of you don't know this. I'm going to help, hopefully help you thinking in this. Every successful person I know, everyone, works hard. I used to coach tennis um, at Upper Montclair and I used to deal with a lot of finance people. And, and, and at the time, the world was jumping out, up and down about the 1%. Let me tell you about the 1%. The 1% get up at 4.45 in the morning, leave at 5.15, get on train, work their tails off as they're doing it. They've been doing that in high school, college. I've met them, I promise you, some of these people are the hardest working people you want to know. And then they come home at 8 o'clock and just do it again and again. And they do it for 30 years. And you're like, oh, you just got lucky. No, that wasn't luck. Diligence in this produces blessing. I'm not saying be a, a, a workaholic. I'm just saying that if you want to be more blessed, be more. If you want to be more blessed, be more. If you're created to produce, you're, you're actually gifted to be uniquely wired and then diligent in this producer's blessing. This is you standing on the practical applications of God's word. Yeah. One foot. Some of you are really good at this. Some of you need to work on this, right? Second leg. This is following Jesus in the area of faith and, and, and honoring him and worshiping and so forth. Next slide, guys is this, your next leg. Someone say, my next leg. My next leg. Right? It is generous living. And I just want to describe this from a quadricep, hamstring, calf perspective, is this. My quadricep is for me. As a Christian, if you're not a Christian, don't do this. But if, I, if you're a Christian, follow Jesus, and you want to treat God as a king, not kind of a leftover king, um, then you tithe. Yeah. That's just what you do. Yeah. And I used to apologize for it. I used to say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry God asked you to give. And then the Lord literally rebuked me. I was cooking chicken one day. How many know cooking chicken spiritual? <laughs> I was cooking chicken and the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, why are you apologizing for what I don't apologize for? 
And I literally, it literally did something to my heart. I was like, oh, I'm sorry, Lord. I was like that little bratty kid that dad sent the bratty kid to the other bratty kids and say, don't be mad at me, be mad at daddy. And then I had to tell our church, like, daddy isn't sorry. <laughs> Let me say that again. When it comes to you treating God as king, he's not sorry. He's really not. Like he's not like, oh my gosh, I'm sorry. I have, to, I have to get you to treat me as a king. No, he is a king. And then he just goes, treat me as a king. Because if you don't treat me as a king, then you're just not treating me as a king. And then I can't bless your life like I'd like to bless your life. Does that make sense? Number, the, the, the hamstring of this, this, this standing on this leg is spirit-led giving. Because I believe that spirit-led giving is above the tithe. I can't be a Holy Spirit-led giver if I rob God and Him and then I'm just generous at different moments. Right? The mission of Jesus was the church. Therefore, I'm just committed to it and then I become a Spirit-led giver. Here's how Spirit-led giving for me works. I pray about what I'm going to give over and above my regular giving. And I've done this for years. One time, God let me give away a jacket, gave away another jacket, gave away that car, gave away that, that car. Gave away just different stuff, just different stuff. But that was the Holy Spirit's journey for me. Does that make sense? Yeah. Through our Believe and Build campaign, God would speak to me something in particular, right? Does that make sense? Yeah. That is a whole, here's the thing. God doesn't want you to be a tither. He wants you to be a spirit-led giver. Yeah. The journey for your life. Now, again, I will say this. You can come to this church for the rest of your life and never give a dollar. Literally, you can come and sit and that's cool. That's, that's your journey of faith. I always want to talk to you about finance out of inspiration, not perspiration. In other words, I want to talk to you about finances and career and, and money when the church is doing well, not like, oh, you have to give because if you don't give, like the doors are going to get shut. No, a church is doing better than it's ever been doing. It's doing amazing. And that's awesome because that's because of the generous part of God's people and, and people are actually taking that on board. Does that make sense? Yeah. So as a pastor, I always want to oh, help the church. No, honor God. Yeah. Don't treat the church as as someone lying on the street, so to speak. No, treat him as the king. Yeah. It's his mission. It's his house. Does that make sense? Yeah. And then we, number three, we remember those who are less fortunate. That's why we take five to seven percent of Believe and Build Foundation and we give to other organizations. That's why my wife and I have sponsored a compassion child for 14 years, I think now. And that's right, 15 years actually. The, I think immediately when we got married. Why? We remember those who are less fortunate. That's why we do giving Christmas away. We remember those who are less fortunate, right? It is the principle of God. So let me, let me break this down. Let's have the worship team come. Here's Shammah, one leg, one leg. Here's you, one leg and one leg. If you're going to do this for the rest of your life, if you're going to follow Jesus, what should your career gifting look like? It should be, go back one slide, guys. It should be you're created to produce. This is the way you think. You're gifted uniquely and diligence produces this and this will produce blessing. Then over here, I'm a Christian, so I, I honor God financially and I even pray, how can I even be more generous, God? And God may give you, a, oh, this will rattle some of your brains. Are you ready? Yeah. You ready? Yes. What if God gave you a business idea that just 10 times, 20 times your money? I promise you, I was sitting in my house a number of years ago, sitting on my stairs. I'll just drop this in my heart. Invest in a certain company. It's going to do well. 
I took a very small amount of money because I didn't have much money. And that, it was 600 bucks. I'm like, I'm going to invest in this money. I promise you, I've, I've prayed this prayer before. I've even prayed for God to give me other things. He didn't. But for some reason, he did on this one. I just took 600 bucks, put it in this company. It became, I don't know, 3,000 bucks. How many know that's decent return of income? I promise you, I didn't really know much. Now, I don't suggest investing in companies you don't know. But this one's known all over the world, and so it's pretty safe. Is that good? Yeah. All right. Some of you can handle this. Some of you are not sure. Because <laughs> the, the truth of growing, God's doing amazing things in our church. But what I'm most encouraged about in our church isn't just new people. It's God is producing big people. And Shema is a big person because he stands and he says, God is for me. Now, I believe, listen, for the rest of your life, if you'll stand like this with your left leg and if you'll stand like this with your right leg, God will take you on a journey and you will be a difference maker in the world. Can I get a good amen on that? Can I get a good amen on that? Come on. Isn't that good? When we pray God's kingdom come, when we pray God, give us dominion, give us influence, I often find the greatest area that He needs to battle us on is is the area of dominion in our own heart. And if God doesn't have dominion in your own heart when it comes to career and money and so forth, guess what? You're thinking like a Philistine. You're not thinking like the people of God. So why don't you take this puzzle piece real quick and I just want to lead you to this one more time. I love you this week or even in the service right now to just just write this down. What's my piece of the puzzle? Next week, we'll receive an offering and and, um, again, never manipulation, just asking you to go on a spiritual journey of your own. Think about, pray about what you can do. And my goodness, God's going to do great things across our church. Does that make sense? Would you close your eyes with me? Would you bow your head? Oh, Holy Spirit, I thank you, you, these incredible people. I thank you, God. I love them, but you love them even more. So you know you, the plans for them. You know that the, where they might be running away from the purpose of God. And they just need encouragement and strength to stand again like Shema stood. And I pray literally that the spirit of faith will come upon this church. I pray the spirit of faith would come upon every man here, every woman here. That that spirit that says, this is my calling, this is my destiny. It might just feel like a a land full of lentils right now, God. But for some reason, this bit's important. And so I pray for our church. I pray that a spirit of wisdom and a spirit of faith would get on us where it's not. And Lord, every single person will begin to hear your voice in these days ahead. I pray you draw them. I pray those who are far from you would be drawn to you. And Lord, I just believe for incredible things across our church. My heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Take a moment just to ask God, where does He need to speak to you through this message? You might be wise, but you're generous. You might be generous, so you're wise. And ask God to strengthen you in those areas. 
while people are praying right now. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed all across this place. Friend, it would be the great honor of my life to introduce you to the person of Jesus Christ. The Bible says we are saved by grace and faith. Grace, we receive it. By faith, we ask God for it. Jesus died for you, loves you, has a plan for your life. He wants to forgive everything you've ever done wrong. He wants to restore the relationship between you and the Father. If you're here today and you've run away, slipped away, fallen away, I'm gonna pray a simple prayer and that prayer will connect you back to a person. So as a church family, we're gonna pray this simple prayer. Say, Jesus, thank you for dying for me. I need your forgiveness. Restore my relationship with the Father. Fill me with your purpose. I ask you that I'll never be the same. All across this place, where heads are bowed, eyes are closed, people are praying. If you prayed that prayer, you know you're far away from God. Would you simply, simply slip up your hand and let me know all across this place? One, two, three. Raise your hand. Raise it up high. Thank you, man. That's awesome. Thank you. Come on. Up, up high enough and long enough just so I can see it. Thank you. Another one over there. Thank you, sweetheart. Anyone else over there? Oh, man, awesome. Another one over there. Thank you. That one in the back there. That's awesome. Anyone else just on these sides here? I just want to pray for you. Once you put up your hand, you can put that down. I've recognized it. Father, I thank you for your people. Bless them, Lord. Speak to them, Lord. Grow them, Lord. Fill them, Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Come on, pray this prayer together. Say, Lord, help me be a doer of your word, not a hearer only. In Jesus' name. Come on, if you receive God's word, we give him a huge, huge hand. Come on. If you want to hear more empowering messages and learn more about Church Alive, make sure to follow us on social media and check out our website at churchalive.tv. We hope to see you this weekend. Have a great week.